I saw a post on Instagram from a coach that got me thinking, how important is accessibility in your programs? So let's discuss. What change becomes possible when 100,000 people are impacted by your work? This question came to me one day, and I have been working to find the answer ever since. Hi, I'm Jess, and I help online course creators amplify their influence and create a movement with their message. And on this podcast, I am sharing the simple strategies and systems to help you impact more people with your programs so you can create quantum growth in your industry. You are listening to the Quantum Course Creator Podcast. Hey there, and welcome back to the Quantum Course Creator Podcast. Jess here, and today I'm talking about one of my absolute favorite topics, and that's accessibility. Accessibility in your programs means the program is accessible to all sorts of people. Accessibility is around like serving people with different learning needs, serving people with different brains, with different abilities, with disabilities all sorts of things, and creating a space that is truly accessible online. And so the other day I was scrolling through Instagram and actually a friend of mine shared this post. I do not follow this coach, thankfully. And um, and it got me a little bit heated because I completely disagree with her perspective here. And so I wanted to talk about it because I think a lot of us Well, I think that if you don't have accessibility in your programs, it's often an afterthought, right? It's not something that you did intentionally, but she had an opportunity to create accessibility in her programs and her response, I think, was really interesting. So I'm going to read the post to you and then we're going to talk about it. So she said, someone in one of my low ticket containers asked for a download of the slides and a PDF summary of the content. Here is what I said. No. If you are in any of my containers, you'll notice there are no PDF summaries, there are no slide downloads, there are no audio transcripts. There are some but very few Google Docs, and only if it's absolutely necessary for implementation, which most of the time it isn't, and this is on purpose. Here's why. I am not here to mother you. I am not here to create notes for you. I am not here to encourage you to be half present while you've got 17 other tabs open in the background. I'm not here to create three times more than what's actually necessary for your transformation to occur. Because of sitting down to absorb a training with a notebook and pen is too much, we've got bigger problems. All right, I'm going to stop there because I want to throw my phone across the room. But this topic is so hot and one that I think is really important to talk about. So here's the thing. Accessibility is a core value of mine. I think that that's important to state because I probably care more about accessibility than the average bear, right? But I am a neurodivergent human. I have ADHD. I was diagnosed as a child. Like, I understand that my brain works differently than other people's. I also have people in my audience who are deaf and hard of hearing. And so you will never see me post anything on Instagram that's video without captions, because it is important to me that people who cannot hear can consume my content. And it drives me crazy when other people post stories without captions, because not only can people be listening without the sound, like most people, but also like there are literal humans in their audience who are not being served by their content for this reason. I'm going to roll it right back because now, again, this is going to be spicy, you guys. It's like that taco meat my husband made the other night. Okay, so I 
believe, and it is important to me that my content, my courses, and any other kind of container that I could possibly create be as accessible as possible to not only different ability levels, but also to different learning types. And this is because I don't want anybody to be excluded from my content. I do not want anybody to come into my house and feel like they are not welcome there. And reading this post made me feel like that's exactly what she was creating. Do I believe that she has to go above and beyond to accommodate somebody with unreasonable demands? No. However, captioning your videos is not hard, nor is it expensive, nor is it time-consuming. It is just common decency. And again, if you do not have captioned videos right now, it's likely because accessibility has been an afterthought, right? It's one of those things that a lot of people forget or don't even think about. And so there are so many different ways to be accessible to your audience to create accessibility in your programs that I want to talk about that. I want to talk about how you can be more accessible and intentionally accessible for your audience. So providing reasonable accommodations for your audience includes captions, putting captions on your course videos at the bare minimum, right? Doing closed captioning on live calls if possible. Zoom does have this feature. I had a student who had auditory processing disorder. As soon as she brought this up to me, I immediately researched how I can accommodate her and figured out how to get live closed captioning on my Zoom calls. That instantly became a problem that I desired to solve because I wanted her to get the most out of that program. Another really easy way that you can do this is by downloading the slides for your videos, creating resources that people can reference as they're going through the process. Also, though, ensuring that your content is accessible to all learning types and abilities. Assuming that everybody in your audience learns the same way is not only a wild assumption, but it's also not helpful for a lot of the people in your audience. Not everybody learns best by watching face-to-camera videos. In fact, most people don't, right? Most people need some kind of text to connect with their brain when they're learning something new. So if you are only providing face-to-video style camera or face-to-camera style videos in your course, not only are you missing a huge opportunity to serve your audience, but you're also not providing the most accessible or even remotely close to the most accessible like learning experience for those people. Also, most people need some kind of learning exercise to apply what they are learning. I recently had a podcast come out that was all about getting your clients results and whatever you can provide to help them do that, whether it's accommodating their learning styles or giving those accessibility things for people who have legitimate reasons for accessible needs That is something that we can do to help people get results. It is very like mean girl's energy in that post to not even consider reasonable accommodations for your clients, for people who have literally paid you money to be in your programs. So the other thing that I think is really important is that we oftentimes need support or community to keep going. And this is a different post, but I was in the Kajabi Facebook group earlier this week And a guy asked a question that he had a one to two K price point program. He was asking if he should have a community or some kind of support with it. 
And I asked like, well, yes, like if that's something that you want to like, if you want your clients to get results and move through the program and if community is important to you, then yeah, that makes sense. But his reason against it was that he didn't want to hold people's hands, which also came up in this girl's post that she's not your mother. She doesn't want to hold your hand. What about having a community makes you feel like you're holding people's hands? Also, people who paid you $2,000 for whatever you're offering deserve a little bit of support, don't you think? Isn't it weird that our industry doesn't think that $2,000 is worthy of having a community, of having a place where people can ask questions? That's mind-boggling to me. And so, Providing support to people is not enabling their laziness. It is not making them like codependent on you to get results. Also, accompanying all of these things with well-designed curriculum that's actually built to help them move through it and isn't just self-serving face-to-camera videos um, is a huge piece of that too, right? So maybe the person who is asking for those accommodations didn't learn best in the face-to-camera videos and she needed a little bit of help. And so why wouldn't you want to give whatever is possible to get somebody the best possible outcome? You started your business to help people. And so when you keep that in mind, why wouldn't you want to help them, right? And like I said, when did we start thinking that people paying thousands of dollars weren't privy to the bare minimum of our support? I think that is so weird that this is like a thing that we would consider not actually giving them group support with. So at, so I want to ask, like, what are the kinds of things that you can include to make sure that your course is accessible? And I want to preface that you don't have to include all of these things and you don't have to include them all now. So like, don't let this get you into para, like analysis paralysis where you're not going to move forward because you don't have all of these things. But at the very least, add one or two of these things or make sure that you have these things so that your courses are as accessible as possible to your paying clients because you at least owe them that, right? You at least owe them bare minimum accessibility to different learning styles and different abilities. So the first thing is please, God, at the bare minimum, use slides in your videos. There is so much research that supports that people learn better when there is text on a screen to focus on. Now, you do not have to provide like, word-by-word slides. That can also be distracting, though I'm going to talk about captions next, and that's an option. That's something I highly recommend as well. But having some kind of slide helps people connect their eyes with their ears into their brain when they write it down. It's like the triple fecta. It's like how we help people learn. And so by having visual aids, by giving people a picture to look at, when you're referencing something visual, can be incredibly helpful for most people. And bonus for you as the course creator, it is so much easier to update content when you have slides because then you just go in, stick in the new slide, re-record the audio part, and it's updated. You don't have to re-record a whole other video of you talking to the camera with the updated information in order to update your content. It is far easier to update something that has slides. So why not make it easier on you and better for them by providing slides? The second thing, captions. Bare minimum, guys. Captions are not hard. And again, if you don't do captions or you don't know how to do captions, I got you. I got you. They're super easy. So I use either Descript or otter.ai. Uh, Both of them use AI to create captions, so they're not perfect. But if you read through them, you can usually catch any weird, egregious uh, mistakes. 
And then you can download that transcript as an SRT file. And then you can go into your course platform like Kajabi, click on video options inside of the video, the place where you upload the video, and you say upload captions. You upload the SRT file and it syncs with the video for you. It is so dang simple. And I remember when I was first trying to put captions on things, I was overcomplicating it. Like I was paying for transcription through Rev, which is expensive and all sorts of other things. And so you don't have to do that. The other really cool thing about using captions in your video is it makes your video searchable. This is one of my favorite, again, like all of this is win-win for you too, right? And so you can click on the CC in your video. And if you're in my courses, you can test this out because I have closed captions on 99% of my videos. And then you can click it and then there's a little search uh, magnifying glass symbol. You click that and you type whatever you're looking for. So if you're looking for the word like launch, it will bring up where in the transcript it says launch or where I say launch. You can click on it. It'll jump to that part of the video. It's so nice. So it's a service for you. It's a service for them. Caption your damn videos. And Otter and Descript are cheap. They're like 20 bucks a month. It is not that expensive to get captions for your content. And Instagram now allows them for free. So just click that little button. It is not even that hard on your Insta stories to add a little caption button. You can stick it in the corner. It doesn't even matter, but give people a chance to read your content. All right, number three, lesson overviews. These are a really underutilized thing in a course that can add a lot of accessibility to people who need accessibility and to everybody in general. So a lesson overview is just what they know is going to be covered in the video doesn't have to be long. I like to think of it like a podcast show notes, right? Like in this lesson, you will learn X, Y, Z. Tell them what they're going to learn. In fact, if you follow my formula for creating courses, the quantum course formula or whatever I want to call it, um, I teach you how to create lesson objectives and you just pull those lesson objectives out and stick them in. And there's your little outline. So people know, oh, okay, in this video, that's where she talks about this. Not only does this make it more accessible to people, it also makes it easier to look through and find what you're looking for and reference it back. So again, win-win for everybody. It helps your clients know what they're going to learn. It helps you because then you can quickly find where you talked about certain things in certain videos. Not at all hard to add a little lesson overview so they know what is covered in the video. Next is a PDF of the slides for them to follow along. Again, how hard is this? How hard is it to hit download in Canva to PDF and upload it into the downloads of your video? It takes a second and a half. But people who like to follow along, people who like to make notes like that, are then served by that. Nothing bad could potentially happen by giving them your slides that they couldn't do just by screenshotting it, right? So trust your clients, have some terms and conditions, like this is intellectual property, don't steal it, blah, blah, blah. But like give people something that they can download and reference or download and make notes on. Also, I'm not sure, I didn't directly reference this in this list, but I'm going to add in here also having some kind of workbook. I talk about learning materials in a minute, but having a workbook is a great way to help people integrate the material. I prefer a workbook in a Google Doc, not in a PDF. There have been so many times where I have not downloaded the PDF because I have no way to print it. And I even have an iPad and I could technically write on it with my iPad, but I'm not going to. So Instead, I recommend having a Google Doc where people can add in their content 
and then save it. And that is actually going to serve them long term. And you can let go of this idea that it needs to be like beautifully designed. It just needs to be functional. So that was a little bonus one for you. Number five, a support community or a clear process to get their questions answered. It's okay if you don't want to like monitor a group. I understand that that adds work to your day, especially as your business grows, but then give them a clear process to get their questions answered. Inside Kajabi, you can have comments on. And inside one of my courses, people leave comments. It's actually like a call to action in the video to comment below. And people do. And there's a sense of community and people reply to each other's comments. And when they ask questions, I can reply to them. And they don't have to worry about a community because we have the comments. So it doesn't have to be like a Facebook group that you can, that you have to then monitor and like, moderate. It can just be the comments. Or you can set up an email alias that's like questions at jessoconnell.com or whatever. And then when they email that, you get it in your inbox and you can respond to answer their questions. It does not have to be complicated, but give people a chance to like get their questions answered so they feel like they have some kind of support as they go through your program. Um, number six is learning materials to help them get through the content. So this is something where I recommend both having some kind of, um, workbook or like questions that will help them get through the content. But there are all sorts of other learning materials that we kind of forget. Something that I really like creating as learning materials are funnel maps. So I am a very visual person. It helps me to see things that are not visual in a visual way. So a funnel map shows you how the emails connect to the landing pages and how the landing pages connect to the other pages and how all of the steps of the funnel work together in a very visual way. And by having that, I can wrap my head around the big picture. So I like funnel maps. So I assume my clients could find value in that too. That is a learning material that, again, you could create to give people a big picture view of what they're working on. So it doesn't necessarily have to be like a workbook, but it could be some other kind of learning material or like visual process that they can then print off and put it at their desk or put it wherever they're going, some kind of journal page, whatever could support them in deepening their understanding of the material is something that you could create to create more accessibility in your programs. Number seven is completion-based emails that encourage them to keep going and let them know um, that you are there if they get stuck, if they stop. So again, these are super simple to set up as you're creating your course. I actually teach this inside Create Your Quantum Course as well, but you can create different checkpoints. When like somebody finishes a module, you send them an email like, hey, way to go, you're 25% through the course. At this point, you should know XYZ. I can't wait to see you on our next call or whatever. You can also set up an automation that if somebody hasn't logged in in 30 days, it sends them an email and says like, hey, hope you're doing well. I totally understand that life happens, but I wanted to let you know that we would love to see you again in the content. And if you have any questions, please reach out. We'd love to help you get unstuck because people oftentimes when something is confusing or unclear and if they have no way to ask you a question, they get stuck and then they stop showing up for the content. And then if you never reach out to them because you aren't like you aren't a superhuman, you can't check on everybody's status every day. By creating automations that can kind of catch those things, you can start a connection moment and you can reconnect with somebody who's maybe hit a hard spot in the course and help support them through that. So that's just one more thing that you can add to create some accessibility. 
Another thing, number eight, is periodic check-in assessments to make sure that the content is resonating and that they're getting results. I like to do these at least every other module. Sometimes I have some kind of assessment at every module. But what an assessment does in Kajabi or some kind of like checkpoint is it gives them a spot to interact with you with the content. So I ask questions about understanding, making sure they understand the topics. I ask questions that um, show that they need to take some kind of action in order to answer it. Like, tell me how many people opted into your last launch, right? These certain things help me see that they're making progress, that they're implementing the material, but also gives them an opportunity to kind of check in and feel like they are completing things. So periodic check-ins are a really great way, not only for you to get feedback, but for them to feel like they are accomplishing things. And on that note, number nine is a reward for completion or reaching certain milestones. Milestones and completion rewards are super simple things. It could just be an email even that really go a long way in encouraging people to keep going, especially if something in your content takes some time to master, or if there's some kind of implementation that they have to do, giving them milestone rewards or giving them completion rewards can really keep people moving through the content. And ultimately, that's going to get people a better result and create more results for your program. It's a win-win-win, right? And last but not least, not belittling them on Instagram for asking for support by creating a shame-based post for the likes. Oh my gosh, the least you could do. I'm going to say this is the very least you can do is not shame your paying clients on Instagram. I wish I was the kind of person that would name names because I would tell you never to buy from this person. I know I will never buy from them because what the fuck, right? Okay. So (laughs) I'm curious, which of these little accessibility hacks do you think you can implement into your program? And again, maybe you haven't thought about these things. Accessibility isn't necessarily on the forefront of most people's minds. It is for me because it's a core value of mine. But there's so many ways that you can make your content more accessible to your audience and improve your clients' results as they go through your programs. So maybe in 2023, you set a little intention to be more accessible, make your content more accessible to all sorts of learning types. And that's exactly what I teach inside Create Your Quantum Course and how to set up different systems in the back end to make your programs more accessible. Because I think that's important, especially as you scale. The more people you serve, the less control you have over like how they learn and what's going to work best for them, right? The more diverse learning styles you have, which only serves you, right? It only helps you to have different tools that help different types of people. So I hope that you found this helpful. I could talk on and on and on about this, but I think that this is really important. So thank you for listening to my little soapbox moment. And thank you so much for listening to the podcast. And I will see you in our next episode. 